Black Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota, and in this installment of Walking Our Way Through the Bible, we come to Acts chapter 15. So let's read the chapter and then we'll come back and reflect on it. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So when be sent on their way by the church, they passed both through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test? By placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you, our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood, and from what has been strangled and from sexual morality. If you keep everything, if you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. 
And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city, where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. How Barnabas wanted to take with him, now Barnabas wanted to take with him John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had gone with and not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commanded by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. In Acts chapter 15, we see something really profound in the history of the church. Because before this, many of the people who were Christians had been Jews. And so they saw Jesus as the Jewish Messiah who completed the laws of Moses, completed the Old Testament and the covenants of Moses. Um, And so they would still follow the law of Moses. They were still circumcised. They saw this as really fully living out the promises we see in the Old Testament and worshiping God as he has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And the question arose, now that more Gentiles were entering the church, do they have to first become Jews before they become Christians, right? Do they have to become Jewish to follow the Jewish Messiah? And in order to answer this question, they basically called the first council. Oftentimes, what happens in Acts chapter 15 is called the Jerusalem Council. And we see the apostles and the elders and other representatives from other places coming together and discussing this question. And this is where we get the example in scripture of what we've seen throughout church history, where there's these ecumenical councils where Christians will come from all around the world to discuss matters of the faith and questions that rise up in the church and trying to find, trying to work together to understand what God's will is, what he's revealed in his word, how the Holy Spirit is leading us and how we therefore should act. Now, some people have talked to me and said things shared concern about denominations and councils and kind of like institutional religious bodies saying, oh, that's not how it is in the New Testament, right? The New Testament is just your local church, everybody doing how they feel God is leading them and how the Holy Spirit is leading them. And what's obvious is that the local church is very important, right? And in many ways, they shouldn't have this overarching power that dictates everything that they do. But we also see in Acts chapter 15 that God has provided the body of Christ as a body, right? Where all these local churches are just one member of the body of Christ, that us as individuals are one member of the body of Christ. And the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the church of Christ extends from what we see in Acts to now, and it incorporates all faithful Christians around the world. And so when we have questions about trying to understand Scripture, trying to understand how we should apply it to our lives, it's valuable to look back at the early church councils, at the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Constantinople. There's councils where they had basically representation for almost every Christian church that came together and asked this question together. This is a good lesson for us, because you can see teachers and preachers and even whole churches kind of going astray because they don't remember to look back at the way that the Holy Spirit has worked throughout history 
in order to guide us and how we ourselves should interpret interpret scripture and apply it to our lives. So I would encourage you as you continue to grow in your faith to be encouraged by the faith of those who went before us, to recognize that we're all members of the body of Christ and not try to live your faith on an island all by yourself, but find a good godly church that preaches the Bible and holds to the, to the, the faith as we've received it. Um, and be encouraged by other Christians, past, present, and those that will come in the future, and learn from how the Holy Spirit is working through their lives and has worked through the lives of those who went before us. Now, Acts chapter 15 ends with this dispute between Paul and Barnabas concerning who they should bring with them on their missionary journey, and we see that they end up separating. Now, we've seen Paul and Barnabas kind of as like a package deal up to this point, and I'm sure it was very difficult and there's a lot of pain in their separation. But even in this disagreement, they're still fulfilling the mission that God has called them to do. And you see that they actually end up going to different places and expanding the gospel. So we never know exactly how God is working in our conflict. All we can do is act as righteously as we can in the situation, submit it all over to God, and trust that he will work out the details in the future. But hopefully this has helped you as you seek to understand Acts chapter 15 and the rest of the Bible. And I pray that in all things, his name would be glorified and his will would be done.